0: Okay, welcome Diane to No Excuses Real Inspiration with Scott Marshall. So today we're going to find out about your fitness journey and how you started FBX. So Diane, for the viewers that don't really know you, um, give a wee brief intro of who you are and what you do.
1: Okay, hi I'm Diane Teal. I was a lecturer and I'm still a lecturer in fitness health and exercise for Glasgow Clyde College I was a senior lecturer and during that time I decided that I wanted to do a little bit of research on fitness and fitness classes and how it could help mums busy mums who didn't have a lot of time and I put together a program really just for research not intending to have a business at all and what evolved out of that was people asked oh can we do it again can we do more of it and instructors started saying what is it you're doing can you teach us and when I started it about six years ago I started with giving them out CDs and going yeah yeah use this and use this and eventually got a website and then I put on a course thinking it'll just be a couple of little courses in Glasgow and from my sort of a 16-week program that I did a research on in a bowling club in the south side of Glasgow is now expanded into a international business. We've got uh, classes, and instructors, master trainers in 21 countries around the world and we have thousands of instructors teaching two of our concepts that we deliver Fat Burn Extreme and Game Fit to thousands of people around the world and it's when I think about it, it probably is quite astonishing. I don't really think about it that no, often. Definitely.
0: <laughs> um definitely. So we'll touch on that a wee bit later, Diane, um, but we're going to talk about your school years. What sort of things, activities were you involved in then?
1: Okay, well, now that you, you've... You've asked me about what I do now, now that I'm older, but believe it or not, when I was at school, I didn't do any sport at all. I lived in a small island. I came, I came from Shetland. I come from Shetland Islands um, and a small community where um, everyone knew everyone at school. Yeah. And as I was growing up, I, I was really bad asthmatic. It's very much in my family. My grandmother died. Of it. My father was very ill with it. And I got uh, asthma and my mum was always so worried that she never let me do PE. So I was the person that went to school and had the notes saying, Diane can't do PE today because she's got asthma. So, but and, and when it did come to times when I did take part in it, then the, years ago, they used to go, right, you two pick two teams. And so one girl would say, right, I'll pick her, I'll pick her, I'll pick her. And when it came to it, it said, like, okay, we'll have to have Diane because I'm so <laughs> useless. So, for someone that was so useless at fitness and, and sport to go on and have a fitness company. People at home were like, initially when I got involved, I'm like, Diane Teal's doing, or Diane Cut was my name at that time, doing fitness. And he found it quite, a st- <laughs> quite surprising that this person had never done fitness for years in their life. But um, I took it up really when I went to Malaysia. And when I met my husband, I went to Malaysia. And I thought I, I was getting really bad asthma and I was collapsing, I had a l- collapsed lung at one point. And a young doctor said to me, the reason you've got a collapsed lung is because you're so weak. You don't do any do any fitness, your your lungs are weak. And if you start exercise, not really strengthen your lungs. And it was like, I it was just like a challenge to me, I guess. I took yeah. it on and I went from strength to strength and I decided to run 10Ks, half marathon, a marathon, I climbed Mount Kinabalu. I threw myself right into fitness, and I I was in involved in the uh, Southeast Asian uh, Fitness Awards. Uh, I came third in the fitness challenges, and I was in the World Dragon Boat Championships. I was the captain of the team, so I went from <laughs> zero, to, not to hero, but zero to Aye. to much fitter than I'd ever than I'd ever anticipated I would ever be in my life, and it changed my life totally. Uh, I don't get asthma now, Good. I'm much stronger, I'm much healthier. Um, and yeah, and, and that's why I, I have this passion and love for fitness. And then I went on and I decided to study health and fitness. I went to university, got my degree, became a lecturer in it, and then did a research and, had my co- and did my company in fitness. So Aye. from someone that wasn't fitness orientated, didn't come from a sporting family background, it's, um, I suppose it's changed me a lot.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And obviously, we, we touched on the, the challenges there, but obviously, you know, growing up, was there any other challenges um, growing up for yourself?
1: Is there a beep going on here? Either.
0: It's, one it's, my, yours, it's not one mine. Of my, one of my stopwatches in the background <laughs> <room> somewhere. <laughs> I thought it
1: was one of mine.
0: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, any. Any challenges, like mental challenges growing up at
1: all? Um, the, I, I suppose the only mental challenge was I was an only child and I hated it. I just, right. I always wanted to have brothers and sisters and I never had brothers and sisters. And Hence, when I got married, I wanted six kids. Uh-huh. But I, I ended up with four and then my husband said, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I suppose, no, the only real challenge that I had was just not having I, I, I found that I actually struggled with that because my friends would all say, my brother and sister did this and we did this and I always felt I was on my own all the time. Yeah. So I that's one thing that did bother me a lot. But other than that, I didn't really have any challenges. No.
0: Okay, so let's um, talk about, you know, um, you went to Malaysia and then that's when you really got into fitness. Um, so yeah. when, when did, what year was that?
1: I was probably around about... Uh, 2021 20, at that time yeah. and I got into fitness and it just carried on I ended up getting a job um I worked in a gym that was a private gym and I started off just sort of as an instructor and I went on to be a supervisor and then from there uh another company asked me to come on board with them and I ended up being the manageress so I ended up managing a fitness center and I was taken to Hong Kong and all these places to pick the equipment I thought this is brilliant yeah but um they were a difficult company to work for and they, they were unethical in some of the things they did. And I ended up after a while deciding, don't think this is really the job for me. Um, and then I applied for a job that was in the sports complex for the, the National Sports Complex. So I ended up getting a really good job working for the Malaysian Sports Board. Yeah. And I worked with them and I work with their athletes for the SEA Games, which is kind of equivalent to our Commonwealth. So it's quite big. So yeah. I worked with a lot of the Malaysian athletes that were going to compete in the SEA Games and uh, designing the training programs. Um, I set up a number of fitness classes for locals there and I ended up employing 10, 10 instructors under me and we ended up with a huge program with corporate programs we were going out to companies we were also working in the complex and we were the ones that entered the dragon boat race and had a big team and and ended up being in the world dragon boat championships in Singapore and we climbed Mount Kinabalo as a team 25 of us which was a two-day challenge it's the highest mountain in Southeast Asia we did a number of different things, went outward bound and lived in, almost like I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, we lived in an <laughs> island for a week and we had nothing but tarpaulin and a knife and some string to make to make a tent uh-huh. and, it, and I got bitten by a red ant in my lap and I had these huge blown up lips so I didn't need any Botox at that point, <laughs> I don't have any now but I never had any then. and uh, so we did, I, I've done quite a lot and it's been really interesting and really fun and that's how my I suppose my passion for fitness just grew and I wanted to do other things so I kept adding things into the mix and when my kids turned 13 there wasn't an English school in Malaysia so I moved back to the UK and that's when I decided to go back to university and do a degree in fitness health and exercise and did that and on the back of that got a job working for Reed Care College and then ended up working as a senior lecturer at Cardonald, so Glasgow Clyde College.
0: Yeah, so uh, plenty yeah. of experience and, you know, all over the world as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it's been interesting. I've had an interesting life. I'm very blessed with that, I yeah.
0: believe. And and for yourself, Diane, you know, on a, on a personal level, what does fitness mean for you?
1: Oh, it's um, it's my world. Um I think without fitness, I would be that girl that's got, or that older woman now that's got, <laughs> that's got chest problems. It would have asthma. that would be unfit. And I think, it, I think it would, I would have had a completely different lifestyle had I not got into fitness. I'm right. so glad that I did get into it when I did, and I'll tell you, it was not easy. When I first started it, and I was the age of 20, really starting, I went back home to Scotland when I was, after my lung collapse, and I was really unwell, and I was trying to get into fitness. And I went to a class at that time that was called Pop Mobility. I hate to say this, people are going to think she's ancient. (laughs) But I went to a class called Pop Mobility, and it nearly killed me. And I was like, I am dying. I don't know if I can survive, because my mum was saying to me, you're going to kill yourself doing that? came up the (laughs) road, and I was like, (laughs) couldn't breathe at all. But um, it was the starting point and I never right. looked back from there and I'm right. really glad I kept going.
0: Because I think um, that that's the biggest thing um, for people, you know, stepping through that gym door or the, the class door for the first time. Um, because I think in society, a lot of people are very self-conscious of other people around about them. Yeah, yeah. Especially like, you know, how, how we are about body images, um, especially with you know, Instagram and you know, TikTok and just anything on social media.
1: Yeah, I, I think so as well. And as an instructor now, and I work for Glasgow Life, I always say to people when they come into the class, you do what suits you. I might shout, you do what you can manage. It's all about you. It's not about me and it's not about anybody standing next to you. Yeah. We are all individuals. Just do what you can manage. And what you can manage and what you can do is better than not doing it at all
0: exactly because it beats sitting on the couch you know yeah so they've they've made the the right step by coming to the class or going to the gym so as long as they're doing something it's that's on the way up yeah okay Okay. so let's let's talk about how you know you 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 spoke about earlier about your case study of fbx right so let's talk about how it all started and you know how they came about. So how how did you come up with the idea?
1: Okay, so um, being a mama four, running around headless all the time, trying to uh, juggle kids and house and everything. And I thought, there must be a way where people can go to a gym. You, you find when people start to get kids to go, I haven't got time to go to gym. And that's yeah. a useful excuse. I don't have time to do it. I can't do it. Oh, just, I'd love to go, but there's no time. So I decided, I want to find something that people can say, I could manage that that's manageable so I decided to look at um how long you need to exercise to get results do we really need to go for an hour and at that time a few years back it was all about one hour workouts then it became 45 minute workouts and now you see a huge number of 30 minute workouts so I looked at it and then they brought out the Tabata one that was 20 minute workout yeah. but it only had two moves in it and and I and course I went and tried all these different things and I thought I want to see what 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 can work and get so I wanted a cost-effective results driven uh time efficient workout that's what I was looking for and I I want I was doing it for research really just for my own classes I wasn't planning to do nothing else with it at all didn't know a thing about business not being in a business um, environment or a family that has any businesses so it was all never in my intentions to do yeah. anything with it um but I did it and I had about 40 people that were taking part for 16 weeks in this research that I was doing in this small uh, bowling club in the south uh, side of Glasgow and um I I when I finished it I gave them the results and all of them had lost weight all of them had Changed their body shape, and all of them said, "Right, this is really, really interesting. It's re- It's it's been helpful. And would you be willing to do another block of sixteen with us?" And I said, "No, oh, it's only a research." <laughs> so we end- so we ended up right. Okay, we'll put on classes like this, and so I was putting on classes, and people were coming, and it was it was really really busy. So instructors started saying to me, "What is it you're doing? Can you not teach us it?" And I said, well, I can show you. It's nothing special because I wasn't doing a business at that point. Yeah. So I just um, showed them, I told them what I was doing, but I said, I'll maybe put something together. So I did this mini course, and I did my first course in um, Future Fitness in Shawlands in Glasgow.
0: Oh, and I, uh, yeah. I did that because that's that's actually where I passed my level two gym instructor.
1: Ah, so so uh, I did that in there, and I had so many people that I had 20 on the Saturday yeah. and 20 on the Sunday. So 40 people. Yeah, And all these people went out and started teaching, and then I started getting contact you know people contact me saying when are you putting on another course so it kind of evolved from there ah good and um, yeah and then because i worked for the malaysian sports board when i was abroad i went on holiday and i thought i'm just gonna let them see what i was doing and they yeah. said to me what are you doing i said well i do my own i'm doing this small wee business thing in scotland and it was really small at that time said, this is what i'm doing i showed him and they went oh we really like that could you come and deliver a course for us So I ended up going back and delivering a course from them. Someone from Hong Kong said, oh, I really like that. I think you would like that in Hong Kong. So I ended up going to Hong Kong to deliver this course in Hong Kong. And then from there, someone in Hong Kong said, we're doing this big um, festival in Taiwan. Would you be willing to come to Taiwan if we get your ticket? And I said, "Okay, I'll go (laughs) to Taiwan. So I ended up going to Taiwan. This is all over a course of probably about nine months. And while I was in Taiwan, the funniest thing happened. I was, no one speaks English. And I was standing they said, right, can you give a little bit of an expl- explanation about it? And then can you deliver it? I said, sure. So I was explaining, I had this translator. I'd speak, he speak, i speak, he speak. He was explaining it all. And there's these five guys standing up at the back of the hall and they all had suits on and briefcases. And they looked like somebody out of the Matrix. And I was oh, yeah. like, Who's those guys? But I didn't bother. And um, at the the end of my explaining it all, I said, right, we're going to do a class. And he was like, okay, that's brilliant. So he got me the mic fixed up and he off, he went to the side. Next thing, these five guys with the briefcases, dropped the briefcases, threw off their shoes, opened up and took off their ties, took off their jacket, opened up their shirts. And I thought, oh, my God, they're going to take part. And, you know, thinking what it's like in the UK, oh, God you need health and safety, you need to have shoes on. You need to have shoes on. Just, and they're going to split those trousers because we're going to be doing burpees and everything. And it was quite tight-fitting trousers. Hey. And I, I wanted to shout and explain to them. There was about three, 400 people in this room. And I thought, right. how do I explain that? They can't understand English. I can't explain. I'm like, oh, sod it. Just let them carry on. Right. So, they, so they went through the whole class, jumping about and doing it all. And at the end, they came up and said, could we have a meeting with you? And I said sure, yeah. And he said, "Oh, well, we're the biggest fitness company in Japan, and we'd really like to bring you to Japan." And um, he said, then and, "And how much would it cost to, to, to get a license for your company?" And I was, and I, I was, I wasn't that big at that time, so right. I, had, I had to say sort of like, um, "Yeah, well, I need to ask my team back in the UK," and I didn't even have a team at the
2: time. Okay?
1: So, <laughs> so, so it was a, it was an interesting time, but. Uh, On the back of it, I developed a really good relationship with them. And till this day, they are doing really well. And they they invite me over every year. I haven't been over lockdown, but they invite me every year. First year, they invited me over. I thought I was going over to do a course. So they said, are you free from the 10th through 20th? And I said, yeah, that's fine. October, uh, October, yeah, it was October because they all dress up in Japan. Right. I got there and they brought me to all these places, and everybody was in Halloween costumes. So I had to go out and buy about 10 Halloween costumes <laughs> so that I could fit in with the community out there. <laughs> they love Halloween. Um, and I said, Am I over to do a course? No, no, just over to have a chat about how things are going. And that was really good. So it was a, it was a great experience and yeah, uh, interesting.
0: Oh, so, so you're loving running your own business now, Diane?
1: Yes, I did love it. Um, There's been. Don't get me wrong. It's not just been plain sailing. It's not all just a case of you. You're sitting there, money rolls in, and you run your business. It's hard, hard work. Yeah. When I first set up, first set up, I was full time in it in lecturing. Yeah. So I'd be finishing my class at five o'clock on a Friday, straight up to the airport on a flight, arriving Asia or somewhere at or australia and it's all over the place i'd arrive there at maybe 24 hours later in the morning by the time i get there and the time changes and then i'd be straight off the plane and then delivering a course spending maybe saturday night sunday night midnight uh, i'd be leaving there because we're eight hours behind i would arrive back the uk at eight in the morning monday and go straight to the college and start teaching wow. my eyes would be like coming out my head and i had to do that for a year to set up my international business side
0: i think that's the you know if you want to make it on your own you've got to make sacrifices you know it's all about you know but people don't see the the work that people do in the background yeah you know people think oh you know diane's put a class on or that's simple you know but um (laughs) Behind the scenes, it's
1: it's not simple. Oh, um, behind the scenes, it's nonstop. You got to get trademarks, and you're watching people don't copy what you're doing, and yeah, you've got to, and all the legal side of things, and then you have got to get the marketing, which I'm not a big on my social media or anything. I had to get someone to help with that, and and I didn't know anything about business, so I was asking people, you know, what's best, what's what's the best thing to do, and you meet good people in business, and you meet challenging people in business yeah, too, totally. and you have to be very aware of these things some people you you think they're good for your business and you realize that actually they're not the right person to help
0: totally totally diane right so obviously you know we spoke about your business there but now we're going to talk about your current uh, fitness routine you you mentioned that you do uh, fitness classes for glasgow life so i'd imagine that's in your routine
1: yeah so uh, I used to be crazy and think you have to do fitness every single day. If I'm going to maintain my body. I need to do fitness every day of the week. And I'd be one of these ones that were doing like 15 classes a week. And I did that for years and years and years. And it's only really probably about four years ago that I stopped doing Sundays else i would have been every single day and then i had so much work going on with the business i just couldn't chuggle it all and i was traveling so much i cut it right down so i basically teach two classes for glasgow life on a monday night yeah two two for glasgow life and i teach at castlemont sports center and two for glasgow life on a thursday morning and two for glasgow life on a saturday morning and that's all i do now and that's gone and it took me a wee while to go is that enough to maintain my body? And I think that's what people worry about. They get caught up in being a gym junkie a lot of the time and can end up in the gym every single day. And I just think it's all about being healthy and having a nice image and just feeling good about yourself rather than having to, you know, have that perfect uh, body.
0: No, totally, Diane. And then, so so what classes do you teach within Glasgow Club?
1: Okay, so on a Monday, on a Monday night, I teach. Um, I should say also, I teach Fat Burn Extreme too uh, yes. to a group of people online too. I guess um, so. I teach on a Monday night uh, body conditioning and legs, stumps and bombs. And a Thursday morning, I teach MetaFit because that is what Glasgow Life delivers. Yeah, and I teach um, legs, stumps and bombs. And on a Saturday morning, I do. Um, two spin classes, and yeah. then on a Sunday I'm usually teaching Fat Burn Extreme course or a Game Fit course, or I'm assessing some of our master trainers. Do
0: okay, so so let's let's. I actually forgot to ask you that. Um so so what's the difference? Um what, What's Game Fit?
1: So Fat Burn Extreme is all about twenty minutes. Um, it's non-stop. It's maximal training. Yeah. So you do twenty minutes non-stop. And you, but you get to take the break when you want it. So there's not any dictated breaks in it, which means it doesn't mean you're going steady for 20 minutes. You're just working as hard as you can. Take a break, go again, take a break. And it's really good for boosting the metabolisms, which is really good for fat burn. Um, And the difference then what happened was I was up in Inverness and I was delivering a course and these two guys said, this would be great for football. And I said, yeah, you should take fat burn along to Inverness Cali Thistle. And he went, we are the coaches for Inverness Cali Thistle and I went oh probably Fat Bun's not a good name so from there I started thinking could I bring out a sports workout I was on the train coming back from Inverness and I was thinking more and more and more about it so I went to watch a few football teams and see what they did and obviously work with sport in college because we lecture in it all the time so I had a chat with our Sports coaches as well, so because a couple of them work for Celtic, and David McGunn is also the goalie for he was the goalie for Wraith Rovers. And so I spoke to them about my idea, and they said, Yeah, that would be really good. Um, also, David Dickinson, who's the referee, uh, he's a, a grade one referee, yeah. spoke to him about things. He became one of our Fat Burn Extreme instructors and Game Fit instructors, he uses it for his training. So I was really proud of that. have to get that back. <laughs> <But>, <laughs> Spoke to them about that and uh, they said "They said to me, yeah, I think it's a great idea. So I put it all together. I thought, what do you need? And I watched all these amateur teams. And what you see in a lot of amateur teams is, particularly amateur and, and semi-pro teams, is are supposed to be do a lot of, okay, on you get in the park, run up and down, get your knees up, get your heels up, get a ball out and kick it. But there's no focus on the fitness element.
2: Yeah,
1: It's all about the, the playing a game and the sports side of it. And what I find in college is sports coaches tend to be all about sport and fitness people tend to be all about fitness. Yeah. Sports people, like they, they're running around, getting dirty, getting in the mud, and you see the fitness people standing in front of the mud checking out their biceps, and they're <laughs> two different – although they're under health and fitness and sport, they're two different people, really. Yeah and it's strange and like people maybe don't realize that but they're really different so I thought I'll do this game fit course I'll put I'll put it together and I was trying to think of a good name first of all I thought match fit and I thought no I don't think that's a date agency (laughs) thought of of all these different names came up with game fit put it together and it's and it's quite different from fat The only similarities is it's still 20 minutes it's still maximal training but it's got a lot of stabilisation, balance, agility uh, work in it. Yeah, yeah. Fat burn is all about more, I suppose, core and uh, uh, cardiovascular work and and fat burning work. The the game fit is more on the side of trying to develop. Um, the side of it where it matches what they need for competition and for games in all different sports, not just football. And we've we've introduced it into numerous sports and it's actually done really well. And Stenhouse Muir got in touch with us because they'd had a really bad season two years ago and they got in touch and Graeme Burnett, who's their manager at the time, said, listen, I want to come and watch a course. He came and watched it and then he brought it in. And we we went along, we fitness tested the team at the beginning. We did an eight-week program, fitness tested them at the end, and we were able to tell them straight away, here's your really strong players, here's the ones that are struggling. And then we were able to work with them through game fit. And they went on just before it just happened just before lockdown. And uh, they didn't finish the season because of lockdown, but they won 19 out of 24 games.
2: Wow.
1: Which was phenomenal for not winning. So we that was a really big sort of boost to us and that yeah. that worked really well. Um and we found it a lot and numerous football teams. Oh, the other thing is just by complete chance, someone that I knew knew the head sports scientist for Celtic Football Club. So I managed to get a Uh, a few hours with him actually on a a couple of different occasions yeah. and we we got together and I sat down and I said to him here's what I want to do I want to put this program together I want to deliver this to sports teams but particularly there's so many football teams across Scotland and he said I think this is a brilliant idea Um, I, I think it's really really good the only one thing I don't like about it and I said oh what's that he said don't like the fact that you've put music in it and I said, well, I beg to differ because Brazil trains for music, lots of football clubs train with music, and it's yeah. very motivational. So I'm going to try keeping it in. And he went, okay. And then we spoke away and I met him on a couple of occasions, and said, Listen, would Celtic take it, take this program? And he went, No. And I was like, why not? And he said, because this is what you're doing, is exactly what we do with the Celtic team you're doing all the right things. You've got the stability, the balance, the core, you've got the agility in it and it's all into 20 minutes. And said, see for all your semi pros and your amateur teams, they really, really need that. Yeah. And they said, and they don't want a long fitness session because they only train once or twice a week. So they need to use the time for their skills and drills. No, so said, I think totally. this will work really well. So we went out and we sort of started training amateur teams and, and that's where it kind of evolved.
0: Ah, fantastic. So, um, what about your own uh, nutrition, uh, Diane? Is that pretty good?
1: Y- yeah, well, I, I suppose it is. I, I am partial, and anybody that knows me, and anybody that's listening to the iPod, will know that I love Cadbury's chocolate. <laughs> I have to admit it. I'm so sorry. I'm really bad for it. I actually think the scene of hypnotism is so bad. For Cad- I don't like crisps. I don't like cheese. I don't like uh, boiled sweets or anything like that. It's just yeah. chocolate, that's all. But um, other than that, I am, I suppose, almost vegan. I don't take meat. Um, I, I'm not a strict, strict vegan or anything, but I, it, I, I'm i more for vegetables and lots of vegetables and, yeah. and less meat, less... I don't take bread um, and things like that. And that derived from not just from being a fitness person, but about 15 years ago, I had done... I did body combat. So I did a lot of Les Mills yeah. a number of years ago. I don't teach it now, but and not because I don't like it. I love it, but I just don't have time to learn all the routines and things. But um, I was doing body combat and I tore, my, I tore my cartilage and I ended up in hospital and had to get a cartilage off, which is mine now and everybody gets it, keyhole surgery. Yeah. But whatever happened in that surgery, my knee didn't repair. And I, be, and I was really crippled and I couldn't walk. And then it started in my other knee. And I went, I, went, I had private in, insurance because I was a fitness instructor, and needed my legs and yes. went to all these surgeons and went to all these specialists and no one could work out what was wrong with me. And in the end, they realized that I had developed rheumatoid arthritis. And they don't know if it was the, it, sometimes it could be the trauma of an operation or the trauma of the injury. And I was really bad with it to the point that I, when I was teaching, I was still teaching in Castle Milk and I couldn't go on the spin bike. So I'd have to sit at the side and tell them what they were doing. I said, if you don't want me to teach, you guys let them know at the desk and I'll get someone else. And they said, yeah. no, no, no. And anyway, I kept going and they wanted to give me steroid injections and I refused them because I'm all about health and I didn't yeah. want to take them. And I was going to, the, I was attending the Royal Hospital because of it. And when I was attending, um, they were saying, oh, you you know, you you need to see a counsellor because you don't want to take the medication. (laughs) No. And I carried on trying to do all the natural things. So I took cider vinegar, honey, and molasses. And I went on that for about four years, solid, three times a day. And that was through reading a lot of research and putting it together. The molasses is really good um, for the gift that the horses to strengthen their bones. Yeah. The honey and the cider vinegar the, vin- the cider vinegar breaks down uric acid that causes the buildup in in a joint when you get rheumatoid arthritis mm. and it can also affect gout um um so if you're taking cider vinegar it's really good for gout as well and the uh, honey just helps the immune system to make it stronger and i took manuka honey cost a bomb but i took it anyway <laughs> so took that and um over years and years, I managed to heal, self heal myself without taking any medication. I now have, am I, I am now, rheumatoid free, which is unheard of. I've had interview with the doctor, the surgeon at the Royal, and he, he said, "I'm going to let you go because I I can't treat you. There's nothing else I can do. But I'm sure you might have a relapse. This is just a good time for you. Come back and see me." And that was, 15 years ago. Come back uh-huh. and see me. Fantastic. And I've never been back. Good. And I've had. And I, what I did was I wrote a big page. And so people come to the sports center and they say to me, who's Diane? Are you Diane? We've been told to ask you for your page about rheumatoid arthritis. Cause my auntie's got it. My brother's got it. And all these people asked me all this information <laughs> and it was nothing nature. You know that I did? I just cut out all sorts of acidic food, became more alkaline. I checked my urine you know, to make sure that I remained alkaline rather than acidic in my body and I looked after the food I took. So that's a bit about my dietary.
0: Yeah. Aye. <laughs> and, uh, so how, how did you cope um, during the pandemic um, with your business, Diane?
1: Do you know when I, when the pandemic first came, I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? We are face-to-face courses and I was a bit OCD, about always wanting to see people so I could check their technique and yeah. make sure that they were good. And I didn't like... I didn't like to just pass off people if I thought they weren't ready to be passed. I would quite happy bring them back for a free course just to get their skills up. Mm. Suddenly, couldn't see them. And then I thought, not doing it online, not going to do it online. Four months later, I was like, my business is going to come to a ground halt here if I don't do something. So I went online reluctantly. And there's been pros and cons to it. I still feel sometimes I would love to see people more clearly. And sometimes yeah. you can only see the top half and you can only see bits of them. So you can't mm. see the whole the whole um exercise at times and you have to say can you move your camera and all this but and I suppose the upside of it is so many people from all over the world booked intercourses courses exactly. I never expected so I was getting people from Cyprus and Greece and all these different people and I was like how did you oh we saw it and we thought we could do it online so it so it, there was pros and cons to it and I always believe yeah. there's positives in everything we do
0: no, good and then you know on a- On a personal level, how how did you cope with the pandemic?
1: Do you know, I loved
0: it. You loved it, right?
1: (laughs) Apart from it making people ill or everything else. But for me personally, I was running around like an absolute Duracell bunny, running here, there, everywhere. I was all over the world. I was flying here, flying there. I never had a weekend to myself. I was out doing a course here. Of course, I'm driving down England to do courses, flying here to do a course. And suddenly, I was doing nothing I was in my own house and I just thought this is so peaceful blissful slowed right down so that side of it actually was really really good for my brain and my head and I had time to myself and I just realized I can't believe I was running around so much so I had a bit of peace and quiet but the downside of it was I wasn't doing exercise as much so I did gain weight Mm-hmm. and then and then I thought oh I feel rotten about myself I can't fit my trousers I didn't gain massively and people would say no you didn't I saw you but you know your own body yeah. and I knew I gained weight and I couldn't fit into lots of mm-hmm. stuff and there's a pair of shorts I always wore in the summer and I loved them and I couldn't fit them and I was really annoyed so, <laughs> I, but the thing that I found the hardest was it was really difficult to lose it initially after yeah. I got put on weight when When finally we opened up and were able to go back and teach, I was so unfit the first month I went back and I was trying to kid on to everybody. I was absolutely fine. And they were going, oh, I'm so unfit. And I was going, yeah, but I was actually really unfit too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, good. And then, so, you know, were you just doing like bodyweight exercises or or FBX in the house then? Yeah. Um, Yeah.
1: I taught, I started teaching classes online as well. I started doing Fat Burn online because there's no equipment. So it's dead easy. You just yeah. go on, you do Fat Burns only 20 minutes where you warm up and cool down. It's about 30. So I was doing it online and then I got a group of family and then I got a group of ladies that all wanted to do it. And then I was helping out with the, I did a couple of sessions for the health, health and happiness group that's online they asked me if I'd come on and talk about health and happiness and they're a free sort of uh, Facebook group that, that tries to help people and offers all different kinds of things and they asked me to come on and help there so I did that.
0: Ah, oh, good and then you know on the, the back of the pandemic would you say you're, you're a big advocate of uh, you know gyms and classes for mental health
1: Definitely yeah I think I think it's so so important that people do exercise for mental health it doesn't matter if they only do a walk they go a walk they go to the gym and you think that, I think people when you go to a gym they, they, they worry that other people are looking at them because they can't do as much or they're not doing much or they're not um, as fit and I think you know, everybody's there for their own challenges. And, yeah. and and you never know what's going on in other people's lives. So you should never judge what other people are doing. And you just go there and don't worry what they're thinking. You know, you just get on with it. Do your own thing. Do your bit. And I think it, for me, it changed my life to do fitness. And I think for anybody, for mental health, for your physical health, for your social interaction, just being yeah. out amongst people. I, I just think fitness is so, so important to people's lives.
0: No, definitely. And then, so, you know, we've, we've spoke about all, all the good things, um, apart from the chocolates back there. <laughs> uh,
2: so,
0: so what's um, Diane's bad habits within our gym environment?
1: What's my bad habits? Oh, oh, in a gym environment. Oh, I don't know. I, I actually
0: don't know. It's well, my bad habit, yeah, Scott. Um, and if I was, you know, looking on the outside, I would say that you are. You never had the balance before. lockdown. Oh so? Mm. Um, so on the back. So that was my other question: was that on the back of you know the pandemic? So obviously before you were rushing about and stuff, and are you back to being that that same person, or have you? tried to find a balance now?
1: I've definitely calmed down a lot. <laughs> definitely. Um, I am still a bit busy like that. I'd I i was, I'd be teaching at the college till five o'clock, rushing through traffic five o'clock to get to Castle Milt for six o'clock and then whizzing into my class and you'd see people that would come, hi folks, whizzing into my class, teaching the class till eight o'clock and then speaking to people till half eight, not getting back till nine o'clock home um, and then trying to have my dinner at nine o'clock at night, but then I would would go on my phone and go and be silly and check Facebook or
0: something, send a message. Because you're trying to catch up with the day as well. Because you've you've been so busy and you've missed Uh emails and texts and stuff.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so important to have your dinner before eight at night so that your stomach's all settled. When you go to bed, you're not going to bed in a full stomach. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that's still a little bit of my bad habit because I'm still in that. I, if I finish at half seven at night, by the time I speak to people and drive down the road, I'm not getting back to half eight. But I try to have it as close to eight you know, before eight as I possibly can. I'm not teaching yeah. them at night now as much either, so a lot better that way too. Ah,
0: good. I'm glad to hear it, Diane. Yeah. And then what's, what's your personal pet hates within a gym environment or a class environment?
1: Um, oh, What's my pet hate? I suppose I get frustrated when people stand and talk when I'm teaching. <laughs> when you're yeah. in the middle of the class and you decide to stop and have a chat about what they did last night. And things. And I'm Aye. like you're here to do a class, but I never say anything, but in yeah. my head, I'm thinking, I think
0: hey, it's
2: the, get on with your class.
0: <laughs> I think it's the, you know, the people who, you know, you've, you've done your spin class right, and you're in the middle of the cool down, and people just, immediately just, start talking to each other, or, you know.
1: Yeah, or, they get off their bike and go, and Aye. the cool down's not started, Aye. so they pick, get off their bike, straight after the class, before you do the cool down, and they pick up their stuff and go, and I'm like, you need a cool down. It's so so important to cool down Aye. before you leave this class.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, so, if I was to, you know, so say you were to go to the gym, uh, Diane or a fitness class, what would be your favorite type of exercise that you would like to do?
1: Um, I really enjoy upbeat music. I love. I like. I I actually really enjoy doing classes like less mills and things like that because i don't get much opportunity to do it so i like body attack i used to love oh, yeah. body attack and we did another one up at castle oh. called um cross training but it's, not, it's different from the cross training that you that, that's doing nowadays it used to be like um you would do like a an exercise aerobic routine in the middle and then you'd do weights machines on the outside, and outside you'd swap between Very the two and okay. i used to love i used to love it because it was really good fun and interaction you'd have a laugh with everybody yeah. in there I do enjoy using weights as well. I quite enjoy doing weight training and I feel as you get older, you need to do weights because that maintains muscle tone and it's really good um, as you get older when you're starting to lose your muscle tone and your metabolism slows down. So I like it, I suppose, a variety of cardiovascular work and muscular strength work, yeah. I guess.
0: Okay. And then say you went to your worst type of class, what would that be? Or oh, your, your worst exercise
1: Okay, can I say this, and I don't mean because the class is not good, but it's nothing to do with that, but I am useless at it, and that's Zumba. <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: mean, I,
1: I'm not a dancey-type person, and I'd love to be, and if I was good at it, I would probably thoroughly enjoy it, Yeah. but I, I, I'm i not good at the whole dancey thing, and and <sighs> I, I guess because I was so focused on I want to, want to go for the purpose of um, – I go to fitness because I want to do it specifically to to challenge my fitness. And I sometimes I found dancing classes were just kind of a bit of fun and I wasn't yeah. coming away with a lot out of it. But on the other hand, I don't want that to look as though I don't like Zumba or I'm having a go at them because I'm not. Lots of people absolutely love Zumba and I love looking at it and thinking, God, they look great. I wish I looked like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nothing to do with that.
0: I think the you mentioned obviously um body attack. And mm. combat. Um, I love combat too. Um, you know, I've no go to coordination for those classes, so <laughs> I, I, that, that, hence the reason why I like to go to freestyle classes.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, um, I, I like spin as well. I really yeah. enjoy, see coming out of a good spin class and you're absolutely dripping from head to toe. Yes. Just nothing feels better at the end. You just feel, yes. <laughs>
0: I, um, So, obviously, you know, we spoke about your best music because you a wee bit uh dance something upbeat to, to keep you going throughout the you know the the class but if you say you went into a class just for instance a circuit class and the instructor put on the worst type of music that would really demotivate Diane to walk mm-hmm. out the, the door what would that be?
1: I would I would still get on with it but yeah um I just think really rapping music. Rapping music drives me insane. Uh,
0: rapping music.
1: Yeah. As oh, music. <laughs> I know it dusts my head, and I like sometimes you can you can buy you know how you buy your spin CD, your spin tracks that you can download. Yeah, yeah. You, you 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 download a whole spin session, and then you, like there are three songs that are brilliant, and then the fourth song is a rapping song. Yeah. it does my nut in and i'll let in spin back hang on till i swap this i don't like rapping and you'll start laughing <laughs> i just <swap laughs> it. i need to bypass this song put, move it on to the next one nah, totally um, i'm sorry for those people who like like rapping but it's it's good in its own environment but not in my exercise classes <laughs>
0: exactly so let's talk about your your best memory of your fitness journey
1: be- my achievements, my biggest yeah. achievement in my uh, fitness journey.
0: Well, your 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 personal uh, memory of fitness.
1: My personal, um, I think I think there's been a couple that that I suppose is my personal mem and personal achievement is one is uh, climbing Mount Kinabalu. That was a great one. It's yeah. The highest mountain in Southeast Asia. It was absolutely great, and I did it with 25 people. That was an amazing journey i've had i've had so many different things that i've loved in life doing a marathon and then i remember getting interviewed because it was the very first one i'd done after being really i suppose quite bad with asthma and and people knew and i got interviewed about that and um and i was just saying how people that have asthma don't sit back and accept i've got asthma i've got bronchitis i've got this i can't do it get up and try and i started very very gently i i well I, I suppose I was trying to be very gentle, but I was nearly purple when I came out the room, <laughs> trying a wee thing that was like a circuit class years ago, and it took me a while to gradually build up. So yeah. my biggest achievements would be uh, running a marathon and coming fifth. I came fifth in it as well. It
2: was a great result.
1: And I was three months pregnant. I forgot uh, all right. that. Um, where, where,
2: where
0: that was in, in
1: that was in uh, Southeast Asia.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, and then. I suppose we were—I was fifth in the marathon, and funny enough, we were third in the dragon boat races in Singapore, the World Dragon Boat Races. Wow. We trained for about a year for that, and it was amazing. Twenty-two people in a boat, we have a drum at the front, and you bang the drum, and you have to put your oar in in time with the, <laughs> the beat of the drum. So you have to speed it up, obviously, when you when you go ah, to the yeah. race, it was amazing. I just loved that. It was. It was and we swapped you swap, it's a bit like in football and things, you swapped t-shirts, we swapped all different things, we all different countries as well. And I ended up with a set of clogs from Holland.
2: Ah, <laughs>
1: fantastic. <laughs> that was great. And so those were two things. Um and there's one other I was going to say, I can't even remember where it was now. Uh climbing Mount Kinabalu, a marathon, and I suppose you yeah, had the dragon boat race and yeah. that's the three.
0: And then if I was to ask you what's, you know, on the personal journey. Um, what's your best compliment you've ever received
1: oh, i'm not good people or, or, tell me cuz i get all it, like,
0: or you can make bye. it um, overall you know from your, you know your fitness classes etc you know uh, feedback from them
1: see when see when someone tells me you've changed my life or you've helped me um, I find it hard. I think Scottish people are not good at accepting compliments for some reason. We get all embarrassed and shy yes. and sorry about <laughs> but I suppose when and, and that's happened to me on a number of occasions. People come up and go, I just want to say thank you to you. And I've had thank you cards, I've had different things, and I guess you will, and lots of instructors. Yeah. It's nothing, nothing that nobody else hasn't had. But it's really meaningful. Uh, I find that really touching when people do that and they send you a card and I get that for students sometimes in college and um, students will give us a card or flowers at the end and say thank you very much for getting us through that this year yeah. uh, but when someone comes up and says you've changed my life you've helped me you you don't know how much you've helped me that's more meaningful than getting money or anything else yeah,
0: totally. that, that
1: is it's really really um heartwarming
0: yeah and then you know you've you've started your business you've You've done quite a lot um, over the last couple of years. So what would you say is your biggest accomplishment within health and fitness?
1: I think a lot of it is helping people and having having people. And I know, you know, people speak about who inspires you and you speak about who inspires you in fitness and what celebrity inspires you. And I just... I don't look at celebrities and I, I don't get me wrong. I really respect them and I think yeah. they're fantastic, but yeah. they're not who inspires me. The people that inspire me are people, your everyday average person who's an individual, who's a single parent with kids, bringing up kids and um, trying to chuggle a fitness life, trying to teach classes, get home for kids. And maybe they're, they're got no one to help them. And they're and at the same time, they're helping other people improve their lives. Yeah. We have about eight master trainers that are single parents and I just take my hat off to them. They're so good. And so that to me, um, one of my achievements is helping people that's maybe struggled in life and seeing yeah. that they've actually come on. We have something also, in fact, on extreme where if people are homeless or they have they're, they're unemployed, we will give them a free course. And I I just love seeing where the journey goes. And I suppose one of the most heartwarming ones that I've got is two of my master trainers in Philippines had absolutely nothing. I didn't know this. They got their money put together and they flew in a plane for the first time in their lives. And they're about 25 or 30 years old over to East Malaysia to do our course. Did it. And at the time I never knew that and they went back and they were only instructors at that time and my master trainer over there, they wanted to become master trainers so she went over to train them in Philippines and she she phoned me up and she was so upset and she says you're not going to believe how poor they are, they live in a water village, they have no electricity, no running water, they live in a little well, more or less a shack and one of them had his wife his kids his mother-in-law his sister-in-law and her baby all living in this one like corrugated iron little yes. hut in the water stilts villages she sent me pictures and I still have those pictures and she said um she she couldn't believe it and they were just so humble and you'd never have known
2: yeah and
1: they paid for their master training and they paid and they bought kit in it as well and I said to her at that point, I said, give them back their money, give them back all their money, give them the kit, give them a set, an extra set of kit. And I said, all I, all I asked of them is to do well and try and make this work for yeah. themselves. One of them went on and did so much that he become the manager of Anytime Fitness. Right, he, did okay. so, he He made so much. The other one got a contract with a police over there for four and a half thousand police doing Pat Burn Extreme three wow. times a week. And he, out of that, became the instructor a year for Philippines. He was the guy that saved his money and managed to buy himself a little house, tiny little house, yeah. but it's got electricity and it's not on stilts and it's got running water. Fantastic. And for me, I suppose that's my biggest achievements. I have changed their lives significantly. And I always I love that story when I tell people because yeah. I just think it's
0: well, so that was, good. That was really good, Diane. And then for yourself, and um, you know you, you says you, you don't really bother with inspirational people but we'll, we've covered that there um, but that, that story was phenomenal and that was really good um, but what's for yourself Diane what's the one thing that you would like to achieve within the next year of your own fitness uh, journey
1: my own fitness journey. Um, I feel that I've done a lot already. I've competed in Southeast Asian aerobic championships. I've been in various, obviously, dragon boat races, marathons. I've done a lot of the things I want to do. I'm old. I'm old now. Not <laughs> an old woman now. I just want to sit and put my feet up. But I guess in my fitness, I never want. I want to keep going till I feel right. I've got a simmer now. I kind of do that. <laughs> I get to that stage. But in my fitness journey, I just want to remain as healthy as I am today. I want to remain asthma free, injury free. I want to be healthy and I just want to, um, I suppose, keep my fitness level at where I am right now. I feel good about myself. I don't feel I have to be in the gym every day. I eat a healthy diet and I generally don't feel ill at all at any time. So if I can keep my health and my fitness and eventually sell my business. So anybody on here wants to buy business <laughs> <laughs> and I sell my business and enjoy my grandkids.
0: Nah good. Um so we're gonna I'm gonna give you quick fire questions now. Okay. okay. So cardio or weights.
1: I would have said if you'd asked me two years ago, I would have said cardio. Now I'll say weights.
0: Right. CrossFit, yes or no?
1: Yes. Well, I think it's got a lot going for it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Burpees, yes or no.
1: Oh, I hate them, but they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A uh, squat or deadlift.
1: Squat. I like a squat. <laughs>
0: ah, good. And then, so where would you like to see? You know, you obviously mentioned about, you know, you'd like to put your feet up now and spend more time with your grandkids. But for yourself, um, where would you like to see your business in the next one to five years?
1: I would like to think in the next one to even three or three to five years, maybe three. I would like to sell my business not because I don't like it I love it but I have worked so hard and I've worked all my life with my own four kids and now lots of grandkids coming along and I just want to I want to be able to enjoy them I don't want to be the, the granny that's rushing around all over the place and not got time for them so yeah. I'd like to just sell my business and uh, I've spoke about this with different people possibly if they needed me to stay on and help them just get it get used yeah. to it and and do it, maybe spend a, a year in it with them and then eventually edge out of it. So I've got time for family. No, I
0: did. And then what advice would you give for any any youngster or a- anyone of any age getting involved in he- health and fitness for the first time? I think, it's a,
1: I, I think it's brilliant to get into. I don't think health and fitness makes you huge amounts of money that the way you can, depending on how clever you are with your PT in business. But I don't think it's something like that. You can go right up the ladder and have these wonderful two week holidays that you don't need to think about because you're always, you're, you're, you're always, you know, if you take two weeks off, you haven't got your clients, you haven't got your money, but it pays dividends in so many other ways. There's so many benefits. You remain healthy. You're less likely to get Uh, diseases injuries and and those sort of I suppose um lack of activity ailments that people get and I I just think we stay healthier and we we remain younger for longer (laughs) which is very important and more Mm -hmm. agile for longer Uh, and I definitely think people that have got any ailments it definitely helps curb any risk of development of that ailments I think these are the really important factors that money can't buy and so I think health and fitness is a fantastic industry to get into and you've just got to be clever uh, there's some people that do really really well as a PT there's some people that struggle and it's all about um, being clever in the way you market yourself and being caring I think if you've got a really good reputation as a caring understanding uh, PT, I think people will come back to you. And I think that's so important.
0: No, that's fantastic, Diane. And it's been great having you on today and um, giving up your time. Um, I know we originally planned 20 minutes to 40 minutes, but we, I think- that will be years- longer. Uh, i will be
1: me uh, talking too much. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but before we round up, have you got any questions for myself?
1: Uh, no, I, I think what you're doing is brilliant, Scott. I think it's great for people to hear uh, the other side so people that are maybe going to PTs or going to classes it's great for them to hear the other side of instructors or or uh, people that are in fitness their, their life because they I think they think they look at look at us as instructors and PTs and think oh you don't know what it's like because you're fit and healthy but we weren't always fit and healthy and we, totally. we all we've all had our own challenges to to work yeah, with.
0: Totally Diane totally um, but no it's been great having you on and uh, thank you cheers You're,
1: you're very welcome thanks scott